Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. <laughs> he's, he's probably half cut already. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and reductus saboteurs to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host, Tom, and I am on the beers because we have a new guest tonight and we're celebrating. I'd like to welcome Aaron onto the show. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well, thanks, Tom. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. It's been We've been talking about this for a little while, so it's going to be good to have you on the show um, and hopefully a little bit more um, going forwards as well. Um, so Aaron, to the listeners, is is a player that has joined us over the last few months. He's going to be making content. There should be some video. There's one video up of his already. That you can go and see now. Aaron is a Tau player, but really, I think in his heart, he's an Orc player. <laughs> is that a fair assessment, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, I probably charge my Tau into combat more often than I should. And uh, <laughs> yes, I, I am. Uh, I am. I am painting my Orcs at the moment, but yes, uh, when. Uh, getting back into uh, 40k, I, I know historically I've always done combat armies, so I wanted to do mm-hmm. a shooting army, and I really like the aesthetic of the town, um, mm-hmm. just to learn the other side of it, really, and uh, make my yep. life more difficult and stressful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's good to do, and it is funny. Yeah, different types of players like do like different things. Like we've got Lee Churchill playing guard at the moment, and he's finding that quite unnatural as well. Some people have just have have a more sort of combat oriented style, but I think. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what you do with the orcs. You've got some very beautifully painted orcs that we've got up on the socials all the time. Uh, that army's coming along pretty quickly, I would say. It's, get, it's coming together now. No, no, it certainly is, yeah. It's a bit worrying when you look at how many you've got left to paint with orcs, but um, I'd say I'm <laughs> possibly a third of the way through. third of the way is pretty good for an orc horde, I reckon. Especially how small Aaron paints, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's perfectionist, though, isn't it? They come, they come out looking very nice. Absolutely very, nice. very nice. Thank you. And um, I am also joined tonight, as you can hear, you can hear those dulcet tones. I am joined tonight as well by Davey. How are you doing, Davey? Oh, hello, Tom. You all right? <laughs> <laughs> here I am. Look, here, look, I'm over here. Um, hi. Nice to see you both. Um, should we do a quick hobby roundup? Is there anything new in your your lives in terms of hobby progress or, or sort of forty k or, or other hobby progress? Oh, I'm basing at the moment, so I've never been a big baser. Okay, um, I've typically I am. Um, how quickly can I get these models on a table? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I used to try like make like this weird little mix that I would put on my old salamander models, and that kind of followed me over to my tyranids. But. Mm. Uh, I've decided to like watch some videos on how to do like a swamp base. So for my Age of Sigma stuff, I'm doing a cool little swamp base at the moment. Using, oh, that's really cool. Using Vallejo um, thick mud. Nice. Very nice. Nice. So just that's waiting for the cool. takes an eternity. Yes. <laughs> so there is that. But it's yeah, good. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing jungle bases on my orcs and I'm using like the AK muddy ground and then I've got to wash it and dry brush it about eight times and then put all the foliage on it it takes yeah. a lot extra it feels but um it's certainly worth it at the end 
Yeah, it does look good. This is mm. I'm going to be doing this. I think for the uh, for my Age of Sigmar force for the Seraphon as well. It'd be good to do some jungle basing, and it's making me want to do it for my Eldar. Actually, I quite fancy mm. doing jungle basing for my Eldar because they're I'm reskinning the Eldar. Are reskinning, they're going to stop being Ulthway and be whatever I decide they are that week instead. Because there's obviously advantages to that. <laughs> the nondescript um, Space Marine armor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. The um, the the meta marines whatever it is you need um so i'm going to be looking at that at some point soon um cool okay and aaron have you got anything else else new in the pipeline uh i'm currently working on well, i'll show you one of them i'm currently working on uh, storm boys oh lovely love storm boys so the the rockets for the storm boys are actually uh oh, i don't know if you've to see that very well but little squigs oh that's brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah, super cool. Yeah, because you're quite you're quite squig themed in your orgs army, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've also got the kill rigs and stuff like that. But I'm just trying to. I just love squigs. I'm trying to do them all like <laughs> the dark colorations and stuff like that. So yeah, I've yeah. Got a what is it? The Ogre Kingdom scrapper launcher, and I'm going to convert uh, that yeah. into a truck. But a chariot that's being pulled by a oh, that's amazing! The knob, yeah. the Noblar scrap launcher. That's such yeah. a good shout. That's really cool. Yeah, I would really if, cool if I can be convinced to take a battle wagon. I will convert a stone horn up for that or something along those lines. Woof! That is super cool. That is very very cool. I like that a lot. Um, I I'm trying to think if I've done any hobby. I've got I've got a couple of bits I want to do. I've got some stuff to do for the Age of Sigma stuff. I'm going to finish painting some possessed tonight because I'm playing our very own um, David um, Murdoch t- tomorrow for a bite-sized bat rep, and he's bringing his grey knights. And I was like, well, I'm going to give him a demon to hunt, so I'm going to run night lords, but they're going to be they're being led by a great unclean one and some Nurgle demons as well. So I'm going to have some a bit of a chaos soup list I've been writing. Um, which is sort of leadership debuff <laughs> combo synergy list, which I don't know how effective I've heard that that's is. Amazing in this edition, I've heard that. Oh, it's really good. yeah, it's always always super good. But there's some fun, there's some fun stuff. I really want to get the great unclean one out. Um, and actually, I do. Yeah, there is some nice stuff you can do with the the, the synergy between Nurgle demons and Night Lords, and um, it's a nice excuse to run some beasts of Nurgle. Um, but I do need to finish painting up some possessed because yeah, Night Lords possessed are really nice. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see how that game goes. Got a nice little practice day tomorrow. That's obviously slightly less serious. I'm also going to be practicing GSC, uh, but we can talk about GSC in a little bit. So what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to do the self-promoting in a moment. Self-promoting is very important, and we're really good at it. And then we're going to do um, a sort of little event recap, because we've all been to some events over the weekend. Beachhead, Lethal Dice, and St. Albans Slam. Then we're going to do a very brief rumination on the ethics and the the where's my wife was of talking it out as a phenomenon in 40k um, and sort of ponder that uh, after some some recent sort of discussions in and around talking it out. Um, then we'll do a little bit of listener mail and we'll see where we're at after that. So in terms of Plus Roundup, we if you are on our socials on our YouTube, you will notice that we are currently putting out content what I would consider quite an accelerated rate. And this is because we've got some wonderful new people involved. This includes Davey, includes Aaron. Um, and we are putting out new shows on the regular, going to be weekly or fortnightly, depending on the show in question. 
and we're trying to just up our game and get ourselves sort of uh, match fit as a sort of content creation channel ahead of 10th edition. Um, and we think it's going pretty well so far. But because seeing as I have you both here, do you want to both briefly plug uh, the shows you have cooked up thus far and explain what they are and what you're doing? Maybe Aaron, if you go first, because you've got such an interesting and original concept for this that I thought you might want to tell tell people about it. <laughs> Oh, do you mean the one that we haven't, the idea that I had that we haven't done? <laughs> well, you could, uh, you could talk the about the idea that you had if you like. Well, that, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was stirring the pot there. Obviously, yeah. okay, David, you go first, and then, and then we could talk about Aaron's ideas, both, both, oh, uh, was... both, both real and imagined. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, so uh, hey. <laughs> Listen, have you do you collect tyranids? Or are you vaguely interested in tyranids? Or do you just Hell have yes, 15 I am. minutes spare? Come <laughs> and listen to me chat about the best lists, lists that tyranids have pumped out uh, in Arx Roman. Uh, I'll be doing this every week, looking at the last week um, and what lists did really well and how, how you know what did they have in them. Um, I'll, I'll try and pick out the best three lists from GTs. I won't be doing RTTs. Um, because there's more barriers to success in a GT. Um, and then I'll also look at the absolute legends doing, uh, they're taking lists for the weekend ahead that have a little bit of spice about them, or even are just memes, because we all love a meme. Uh, so yeah. um, actually, in my first episode, I talk about a chap um, who took just all the all the monsters no one ever takes, like Horror Specs. Um, I can't think what the other ones were off the top of my head now, but like really random monsters. And he, he, I think he went 4-1 or something. Like, the guy was a hero. Um, mm. he, oh, he went 3-2 or something. He went, it, But fair play to him. Like, great job. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what? What the, the I loved, I love, I've, you know, my background is is quite, like, I did theatre at uni, things like that. And, um, and being able to do a YouTube channel is something I've wanted to do for ages. And, mm. and being able to, like, just talk to people. The feedback's been so nice. Everyone's been so lovely. Yep. So thank you very much. And I'm just super psyched to keep doing it every Monday, mm-hmm. as long as Chris edits it for me, because you know, I <laughs> and he might kill me by the end of Arcs of Omen. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Chris. Chris is you might have noticed Chris isn't here tonight. That's partly because he's having a well earned rest. Because this is this has meant a lot more editing work for Chris, um, which is obviously both good and terrible. Um, probably we're going to have to share that editing workload a little bit down the line. But we are we're all, we're trying to up our game a bit, aren't we, and make it so we've got you know presentations and slides and things going on that it's, it's a bit less bit less of a faff for him than it used to be. But thank you as always, Chris, for making all of these dreams a reality. You are the hero that we deserve. Um, and yeah, go and watch it. Bug Watch is funny. It's good fun. Mm-hmm. Davey, Davey knows Tyranny is inside out. Um, we're going to fall out at the, at the end of this show because one of our listener questions is about how good Tyranids are. So me and Davey are going to have a full-blown argument about 50 minutes into this show, <laughs> which, you, which, which you can look forward to. Um, but he loves his faction. And um, it's really fun actually seeing in all the comments and all the Tyranid players rallying around and shouting about all the different things they're doing and trying at the moment. Um, and it's yeah, so it's a really good place. So yeah, so Aaron, tell tell us about your highly original concept. Um, yeah, so I, I did. I saw David's uh, bug watch. Thought that was a brilliant idea. I thought yeah. it was really good. And I thought the best thing to do would be to refine it. <laughs> Just, uh, make it up, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, refine it. Okay. So I thought I'd start with some original artwork. 
<laughs> you have. I actually, I actually, I want to shout out Sean Catewell because he messaged me saying, "Can you make sure that Aaron is the artist for all of the channel art from now on? Because it, because it's because be- <laughs> it's so beautiful. You've got your little drawing, and it's, if you ever cool. see, if you ever see Aaron's towel, it is his exact scheme. It's got he's he's got like sort of fish tank sort of uh, foliage on the basing. Mm. He's drawn the fish tank foliage on the on the thumbnail. It's beautiful. It's really really good. <laughs> really really fun. Um, but yeah, similar to like obviously Davies, like it's such a good idea and it's a good way of getting some interaction and output. And just I look at the lists anyway, same as Davy yes. looked at them. Mm-hmm. So why not try and turn something into it? So I similar to Davies Bug Watch done uh, Expanded Empire for Tau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly the same. I go back, I look at um the best performing lists of the last month and the ones ahead. Similar things, just picking out different uh pieces that people are doing. Uh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Fantastic. And obviously, there's another concept that you had cooked up that we will be releasing at some stage over the next few weeks. Do you want to outline sort of the ins and outs of that? Obviously, I don't think we've named this yet, have we? I don't think we've we've not sort of come up with a full name for the concept. No, not a full name, but we were speaking about potentially doing some more faction-specific matchups when there's changes in the meta, like Mm. obviously Valks of Ob and stuff like that, and try and have a sort of burst rundown, say, for Dave, if we've got Davey on uh, Tyranids and what are their worst matchups and their best matchups? Yes. And good. Maybe that sort of thing and just try and good. actually expand on that because they're those sort of outliers that you might need when you're actually yes. going for games yourself. I think it's, yeah, it's hugely that, relevant. That, sorry, David, you go. Yeah, there's, there's that, sorry, it was that idea we had. It was kind of like Aaron had that, that idea and it was alongside um, what I had about, you know, I love listener submitted content, right? So like they yeah. send stuff in. So if they send a list in, for example, um, I had this idea, like calling it "Fight Me, Bro," uh, <laughs> and it was like, like you send your list in, and we say how we'd go about beating it. And yeah. The reason why yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not for us to, you know, big ourselves up, saying, "Well, this is how I defeat your." <laughs> it's really so that you can take a look at your own list and go, "Well, this is how people look at it," and say, exactly "This is that. the secondaries people would take against me. This is the weaknesses they think," and then you can be prepared when you take exactly it to the tournament that. for those secondaries. Yeah, it's stress testing, right? Which is something we do as a team all the time, right? When someone sends you a list, you say you say what's good about it. You say what you think the weak spots are, the vulnerabilities are. That's what good teams do. And we want to sort of bring that thought process a bit more public and, and offer that out more for, for engagement and for fun with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the matchups dimension is really interesting because I think so much of the 40K conversation about faction strength is, I would say, just phenomenally lazy and, and locked in on win rates, locked in on tiers and completely misses a hugely important part of the game which is the good matchup bad matchup rock paper scissors dimensions of 40k which is as a game is designed to have when it's healthy a spread of good and bad matchups for every faction right so you might be playing your 60 percent win rate and wondering why you get absolutely smashed in by gray knights every time and it might just be that gray knights are <laughs> one of your worst possible matchups and we can talk about these kinds of things explore those kinds of things um, think about how you mitigate the bad ones, but also think about what your good ones are and how you really take advantage of good matchups as well. So yeah, that 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 was in the pipeline. We're going to cook that up. We need to work out exactly what that looks like, but I'm very excited for that show. I think it has a lot of legs. Um, not just because Tyrannids will probably feature. And we also have... What else have we got coming up? So we're, we're trying to put out bite-sized battle reports very regularly. We've just put one out that's Custodes versus Drakari. This was a sensational game. Um, it goes down to pretty much the last dice rolls of turn five. It's 
two factions that Chris and I loved a bit but haven't played much. Custodes, um, Chris played a lot earlier in the edition, but was exploring and trying out Shadow Keepers for the first time. The sort of melee duelist type sub faction, really, really good sort of anti combat tech. Um, and I was trying the Drakari and trying a very mixed arms list with lots of Hellions and Incubi and all sorts of things. And we absolutely kill the shit out of each other, have a very good time. It's got everything, well worth a watch. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a series on list writing. Um, which is called the list doctor i'm going to explore different list archetypes um, different approaches to list writing some of the common ones thinking about what's good about them what's weak about them um, how you can deal with different ones that you play into as well um, and i will be reviewing and doing sort of surgeries on a few lists um, every every other week as well and just sort of exploring themes people have put together and thinking about how they can build on and improve on that theme. I'm not going to turn around and tell you to take X unit or Y unit or just completely reconfigure your list. I want to work with whatever theme you've cooked up, but I will look at it and think, okay, what's this trying to do? How can I make this do this even better than it already is? Um, I'm really excited because this is the first one I'm doing is my lovely my lovely friend Gareth's Eand and Wraith host list, and it's just such a cool list. It's beautiful. It's thematic. Mm. It's super, super cool, and I already have like a whole bunch of little ideas and tweaks to make it better at what it wants to do um so i'm really excited to put that one out um and also gnc the cults players i know there's a few gnc the cults players around that are sort of listening to what nonsense i have to say at the moment and the, uh i will pass on everything that innis taught me don't worry um and i'm going to be doing a series called they came from below and it will just be the ins and outs of gnc the cults and arcs of omen um and a lot of that is yeah it's just you know budget innis wilson come get it you know, that's, that's I can do that well. I can do that as I can do that all day long. Um, very what happy. Should be on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my tagline now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's tons in the pipeline. I know Chris is thinking about cooking up shows. I'm temp trying to tempt Lee in. I'm telling Lee like, go on, five minutes every two weeks, then you can be in the special chat. That's all it takes. Come on, Lee, come and join us. Um, and so I'm hoping I can coax him out for just long enough from from fatherhood to get some little series going. But we'll see. All sorts. The, the, community, the community would absolutely benefit from Lee's input as well because he is highly oh, just, just such a smart boy. And yes. yeah, exactly. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think it's hopefully something that's just going to keep running and running. We've got a couple of other people behind the scenes who are looking to contribute. So loads to be excited about. That was a lot of self-promotion. It's not going to be like that every week. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we're now we're going to talk about ourselves in a different format, which in this instance is events what we done did. So We've been to Beachhead, we've been to Lethal Dice, we've been to St. Albans Slam. I suggest we start um, with Aaron and your St. Albans Slam experience. Aaron, do you want to just quickly talk through St. Albans Slam, how you found it, um, how your games went, etc.? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's the first time I've been to one of uh, their events, um, mm-hmm. and it's only an RTT, uh, 28 mm-hmm. players, but the the space is brilliant for it. It's like in an old scout hut, um, so... There's enough space to walk around your tables. There's facilities there. There's tea, coffee, hot drinks, oh, etc. Parking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's very very good venue and set up. Um, all of the top eight tables or top seven tables were um, UKTC terrain, mm-hmm. and then the the second half were UKTC plus a little bit extra here and there. Um, mm. So that was good as well to just be because essentially a few of us like myself when we were playing we just set it set the missions up as per the UKTC books so that it removed the hassle of trying to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took uh, my lovely fish tank towel. Um, and I went for a slightly different list that I've been trying out to try and take advantage of the change in behind enemy lines because mm. I 
I find that a lot of tail secondaries and plays really reliant on you taking your opponent out. And if you don't, then yes, you can struggle with your secondaries or your primary. So I'm yeah. trying to find the sort of more passive secondaries. New stranglehold. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I've got I've got like a, a four and a three man unit of Crisis. I've got a Riptide, a Hammerhead. I've got the Cold Star and the Crisis uh, Commander. But then I've also chucked in uh, the standard uh, two units of Hounds. But then I've got a unit of Vespid for behind enemy lines, mm. and I've also got two units of um, Stealth Suits. With the idea being that mm-hmm. they can obviously start right at the front, mm-hmm. and then just charging or advance straight into the opponent's deployment zone if i get turn one and if not i can move them across and then i have wall of mirrors to put them in later on in the game if need be yeah and i have still tried out a sunshark bomber Mm -hmm. uh coming in from reverse uh, sorry from reserves Mm -hmm. now i'm gonna try my next setting list and like when we're playing at the uh, testing tomorrow without the sunshark probably Mm -hmm. because it just one of those things that it did come in, like uh, one of the games, it came in and um, it was just a bit late. There wasn't much left for it to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And another one was um, it just bounced when it came in. Yeah. So it's it's still very good. I just haven't quite figured out the best way to use it yeah. at the moment. And, and it's always worth just seeing what the same points does, right? In, in yeah. it, used, used in a different way and just, just testing it a little bit. Makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, first up, I played against um, lovely... Ed Han and his Eldari. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it was a really good game. It was very, very tight and uh, technical for the first sort of two, three turns. And I just managed to turn the corner against him. I managed to, uh, he took behind enemy lines as well and was looking to score it with his uh, Windriders. Mm-hmm. So um, he, but because of the way the um, he deployed, he couldn't get them in turn one. So then I made sure that I took them out of the running so he couldn't score that. And I think I reduced him to a, I think a single score on on that, but um, nice. because of that and just being able to sort of skirt around his um, combat with my um, additional speed, I just managed mm-hmm. to stay out of the way for long enough to whittle him down and then push on to uh, control it at the end. Very nice. Um, so that was a yeah, good good win for the Tau. Lovely opponent. And then I played um, Davy's friend Max in a Tau mirror mm. um, in round two. Um, again, it's it's, a, it's like a, playing a game of chess almost, the Tower Mirror, because it's like whoever exposes themselves first, if they don't kill what they need to kill, if they can't get back out of dodge, then that's where they have the issue. Mm. And because of that, I chose secondaries like, um, uh, what do I go for, banners, which I don't not very normally take. Mm-hmm. But I just took that to try and force Max to have to come out for his scoring. Very smart. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then I wanted to stay away from things like aerospace and decisive because you've got to come across and get across the table to get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But then Max did take those two. So, mm. so I you was know where he's going to be. Yeah, mm. I was able to sit back knowing that he was going to have to come out to get those items mm. and uh, just waited until he hopped out and then <laughs> popped out myself and took some bits off of him and then so disappeared you again. You used the anti tower game plan against tower with tower. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah that, so that went well, and uh, then finally I played against uh, Louis with his um, uh, Grey Knights. Yep. Uh, so again, pretty cagey first couple of turns, and then the big turn that I jumped out to sort of uh, take out a load of his Dread Knights, um, I bounced very hard, right. and like I, I missed a fair amount of uh, wounds and things like that. But then also, I think Louis made 
I think he failed three of his in-run saves. And yeah, it's the four-up in-run on the Dreadnoughts is yeah, brutal. And but, yeah. you're, you're talking like, I don't know, something like 40-odd shots, 50 shots, like, <laughs> with 20 to 30 wounds going through. Like, oh, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that fell apart. I lost that one quite badly, which is a shame on the ranking side of it. But overall, it was a, it was a really good event, and um, yeah. I think they're planning to do one. Uh, Steve, the guy that runs it, really, really nice guy, um, mm. planning on uh, doing one every month. Oh, and great! Sort of creating an, uh, their own miniature series. So yeah, that'd be fun. It's, it's all UKTC, ITC points that, but then there will be almost like a league of people. So every time you come, those points keep adding up. For that's fun. Yeah, that's really fun. Year, so. So yeah, but overall, yeah, really, really good showing. Um, nice uh, place to go and do it, and it, that we can't always get the full weekend off to do go to an event. So it's nice being able to pop to a one day and oh, absolutely on Saturday as well. Yeah, it sounds like a series I'm going to keep an eye on because be, yeah, being able to just have that one day booked in on a weekend when you've got other stuff is is super mm. nice to just stay sharp without having to go and do the entire hotel food, everything else experience, and spend all yeah, that I, money. I don't think I would have made it to the Super Bowl if I had a two day. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I've got a question about you, the the Tower Mirror. <clears throat> yeah. So, is there a temptation if you go first, just to wait, just to say, right, I'm going to wait till turn three and then just jump out and ooga booga? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's essentially what i done like so oh, okay. because i knew he had to come out i once yeah. once i knew that that's his secondaries but also all i was doing was jumping out with um like the riptide and one unit of crisis that i can then jump back in so just any yeah. angles i could get and i'd move into a different uh, ruin to set up for another turn where i could jump out jump back but yeah it's just that's what it is it's just waiting and holding your sort of nerve against it really but because of uh, Max taking um, like decisive action, he has to come out into the center or into the far corners to get those objectives. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I don't think you really want to be taking them in the mirror. No, that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like you had a very good showing, and um, essentially we're playing off for the for the big boy spots as well. So that's really good. That's the position we want you in regularly now. That's where all those um, all those <laughs> yeah, so all those table two. So I think I would have got third that's it. Place You'd have been right one. there, been right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's 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 a great place to be. And if if you're in those positions, then you're doing everything right, and you just have to keep having those games, and then eventually wait for that bit of luck and that bit of magic to get those ones, turn those ones into wins. So well done, that's awesome. Um, and Davey, do you want to talk a little bit about lethal dice? Uh, was that what was my dog's going off his head. I can't hear you, dog. Oh, he's, yeah. oh you, do you want to go and what, manage the dog? That's fine. No, yeah, no, actually, he's quite now. He's quite now. Cool, I can go. I can go. <laughs> uh, cool. So I was at Lethal Dice, uh, nice. which is lo- quite local to my house, about 45 minutes away. Uh, me, uh, the Iceman, Rob Campion. And- <laughs> Rob, the killer. The colder-hearted yeah. killer. Rob, the, the cold-hearted killer. And uh, Ed Fawcett, always. Oh, yeah. Um, so just a little bit about this event. Um very good event in terms of the setup. Like it was a really cool venue, um, loads of space for tables, etc. Um, free parking on the Sunday as well. So it was six quid on the first day, but then free on the next day. So it's not too bad. Um, probably, I would I would argue it it was criminally under under um, criminally low attended because there okay. was so much space, loads of terrain, loads of like all maps and sorry, like battle maps and all that mm-hmm. you'd want. Uh, really good mission pack. You know, super clear. Um, but unfortunately, I think that's the case of many RTTs. This Q1, like the first couple of months of the year, seem mm. to just not have as many people as, as yeah, they yeah. So 
Um, I expect that to grow because it is a good event. I would certainly mm-hmm. go back. Um, the terrain is kind of like LGT light, so it's not quite as heavy as LGT. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a big emphasis on the dents. Uh, there's a big like two big dents pieces, which is uh, quite interesting. Um, they were dense and breachable, so mm-hmm. it wasn't difficult ground for troops or something like that. So, right, okay, so, yeah, it was quite interesting. But then anything like vehicles, etc., would be at the minus two. Mm. Um, but uh, but you know what? For the first Gordy, I think I was really like impressed with with the overall event. And, Great, you know, in terms of like getting your lunch and that around the corners, you've got every option you could ever want. So it's pretty sweet. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I I had my five games. So day one, I feel like I'm gonna like. You know, top three. Uh, I remember coming up. <laughs> I've got a chance here to really do Tyranids proud. Or whatever. I have to talk about Tyranids on my own show. Uh, my, my list on my own show. Like oh, amazing. <laughs> me and Rob have both two one in after day one. Uh, so oh, so end, good. So we're all yep. quite happy. Uh, I'll go through my games real quick. So I the, the first game was against Joe Thorley. Genuinely, probably one of my top three games I've ever had in terms of fun and competitiveness. Um, he was taking a Zinch Demons list, so um, he basically wrote it as a, I believe he wrote it as a hate list against Tao, which I'm all <laughs> here. As you, if you don't know me, I'm all here for that. Um, <laughs> so what what happened in this one is I ate some brains, I got some behind enemy lines, and I warped some rituals, and I managed to win eighty two seventy six, so very close. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, managed to edge it in the end. I got a good lead on this one. And then, uh, and then he just couldn't quite make it back in the later turns. Um, but yeah, really good game. And I, I, I would big up Joe to anyone. He was a really good fun. Um, then I played Ken, uh, Ken Chambers. Um, okay. Uh, with his Tau. And I've played Ken twice. I've won one, he's won one. Um, and I think I know how to... I think I've got... Ta- feel like... I'm going to absolutely <laughs> tempt for it now for future games. I kind of feel like I've got Ken's number a little bit. Which until he discovers how to defeat this, then uh, I'm sure he will. By the way, um, <laughs> but basically, just really got into him. I had 500 points in his deployment zone straight away, and then every turn I'd put like another 300 points in there, just getting that behind enemy lines and just touching him, making him, making him not be able to score points. Mm. And I think I had, I want to say like a 50 point lead in turn three. He pulled it back to three. I won by three points. Oh wow! This, you know, like it's unbelievable. Like the 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 time matchup, you've just got to score early doors, haven't you? Yeah, you do, you do. Um, and then I played Chuck with his sisters. Um, so I I, I always struggle against sisters, man. Trading armies really hurt me. Um, because I just uh, we just don't have the trading units. Like my units are too expensive to throw away. So I've really got to you know get my bang for my buck. Um. I probably split my forces too much and went after and tried to do too many things with it. Whereas I should have just went after his. Um, I, I did go straight after his uh, defend the shrine and took it off him for most of the game. And in the end, considering sisters have reasonably good secondaries and I have terrible secondaries, I was only behind by two at the end of the game on secondary. That's very good going. Mm. Yeah, but he absolutely smashed me on primary. Is what happened there, and um, yeah, I lost sixty one eighty six in the end. Um, and that was my day. My day. Uh, I think did. I think Chuck. He didn't quite win it. No, I think he came like. I think he came third, and Joe uh, came fourth. So, you know, not mm. bad. Yeah, um, very good. Then uh, the next day, so I'm feeling positive as I mentioned before. I went into Mark Perry with his knights, not the Mark Perry, because there is a Mark 
He's Mark Perry, right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's an art of war Mark Perry. Yeah, I've heard yeah, the name. Like before. The guy who wears no mm. shoes and always plays arcs and smashes people. That would that would make sense if you I, don't I, like I, shoes. Yeah. I think to be honest, I think Aaron needs to stop wearing shoes and just play his arcs, right? That's it's, it's time. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. time. Yeah. I only wear shoes when I leave the house, pretty much. So. <laughs> <laughs> you always wear shorts. If you don't know Aaron, he just yeah, just yeah he does. He does shorts. actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again against Mark now. My list doesn't really do much against knights. Again, I, one of the things I always do is fill to prepare to beat knights. And, um, <laughs> but I give it a good go. And to quote someone who was watching, I played the shit out of my list. Oh, and, nice. Um, you know, I killed a lot of knights. I killed a lot of knights. But mm-hmm. still lost on the primary because he got first turn, took over the board on uh, Tide of mm. Conviction. That was that. So I lost 65 to 89. And then uh, I played some knobhead called Ed Fawcett. I'm only kidding, Ed. You're a wonderful person. <laughs> uh, Ed, 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 is, Ed is an absolute dream to play. I, I, play, I seem to play him every event, so I should know. He's he lovely. Was, he was great crack. Great crack. <laughs> um, and I lost 76-87. Oh, uh, great game. Great yeah, game. it was yeah. closer, than it should have, closer than it deserved to be because um, on um, Hammer and Anvil, Retrieve the Relics, and, and this was probably the only map I would say to the lethal dice guys, look, we need to have a look at this one because mm. there was very little staging area. Like you can't get across this board. I think every tower player won their game in this round because it was just uh, just a disaster for anyone trying to get across to touch him. Um, so, but it was a really good fun game. I uh, I did some I did some quite cool tech things with the Parasite and Mortrex, getting through some screens by oh. doing, doing mortals to stuff, which was really yeah, that's still a good moment, still a good moment. But mm. in the end, I did take it. So well played to Ed. And uh, my 4-1 came, became a 2-3. And <laughs> that was that. And that From was such that. great heights. Yeah. Exactly. But at least I didn't need to talk about my list on my own show. So that was <laughs> No, and it's it's a good showing in a strong environment as well. It sounds like you played some tough matchups on the second day, especially. Yeah, I played pretty much, I think, three of the top five out of the 22 players, um, yeah. which was quite nice. And yeah. maybe those, even- again, those are the great games to be playing, right? You want to play yeah. those games, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was quite happy. Overall, I'm quite happy with it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we're getting there. Honestly, I think I think there is going to be... And this was this was Gorgon, right? Was it Gorgon still? Highfleet Gorgon, so I should explain yeah. what the list is. So yeah, it's all about Hormigant's auto-wounded lives <sighs> with full rerolls. I love Lovely. it. Really good fun. But they don't do it into vehicles, right? Which is part of the issue with the Knights. Yeah, they don't do it into vehicles. <laughs> but you can't... So yeah. um, I, I had to put in the Swarm Lord, um, 15 Hormigant's, Squad of venom throws and a lictor into one of the big knights to take one of them down. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt amazing. Right. It was brilliant. But, <laughs> then, but then everything's left in the open, right? Just ready to get shot. So, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. But it, and it's just trying to figure out how to do it. I don't know if it's a maliceptor. If you look, watch my show. Uh, everyone's taking maliceptors this week, so it might be. You know what? Nine mortal wounds every turn might just be. You what, do, what it is turn. nice to have. It, well, that's, we'll save that for when we come to our discussion about whether nids are good or not, because that was definitely one of the things I was gonna, I was gonna venture. Um, great. Okay. No, that sounds like a really good showing and a, a really fun weekend. And if that if that's a good event, that's another one to scout out locally in the future as well. So, so many good local events, man. Really, really. Yeah. I, I am. I'm, I, we're so lucky to live where we live. Oh, we, yeah. We're in a really good spot. Really good spot. Great. Um, and I was at uh, Beachhead Brawl, which is a big uh, GT down in Bournemouth, which I've been to a couple of times in the past. Really good events put on by the sort of South Coast series guys who've been putting on good events for a long time. Um, six rounds, 
and you can play one of your rounds on the Friday in the afternoon so you can have a line on Saturday morning, which was big for me. That was very nice. Nice to not have to start too early on Saturday. Um, but it is three games on the Sunday, which is definitely would definitely be rough if you weren't looking after yourself. I had a very well-behaved weekend because I actually took Hannah down. Me and Hannah were down in Bournemouth and had sort of the evening together in the, the morning on Saturday. So, quick so, question on that. How many people took up the playing on the Friday night? I think there must have been 35, 40 players, probably. Interesting. About a third of the crowd. Yeah, I think so. Um, probably a decent chunk of the crowd um in terms of in terms of players i think i think people people were keen to get yeah keen to get the game in and it was it wasn't didn't go great for me that first round unfortunately because i played i played james with his demons and james was a lovely chap really really talented player and i just completely i was a bit spun out because i've been prepared for demons and been doing great into demons with gsc for several months and then i've sort of reteched it for marines um, in light of Arcs of Omen, and then you hit the list where you're like, "Oh, I wish I had this, this, this," because I've I've been so well equipped for dealing with this in recent times. Um, but then I also played like a Muppet, and it was the it was the mission with the priority objective where you get three for just taking your priority one every turn. And because I was, I think with demons you have to be quite expansive, take up a lot of space, and make them come in and attack you in places that aren't going to hurt your score, right? Because they're going to they're gonna come in from reserves, they're going to hit you in the mouth, and then you're going to fight them. So it's better that that battle takes place away from your lines and away from your objectives. Um, but instead, I was very tentative, and I had all my sort of guns and counterattacks set up behind my objectives, and I, I just tentatively put some bikes out on the objectives, which meant that James saw this as an opportunity and just shoved a huge chunk of his army on my priority objective. 20 plague bearers were on their turn two, which is not a good thing to have on your priority objective when you're like, oh, that, this should be an easy three points every round and I'm not getting it. So in, in, in every other sense, we killed the shit out of each other. Both scored really well, um, but he just pulled away on the primary and won that one by about 15 points. So played it really well. I'm, I learned a hard lesson in, in remembering how to deal with the sort of the deep strike shenanigans. Um, and I'll have a clam of us next time, so you just can't deep strike within twelve of my home objective, you prick. I'll be there. I'll be. I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. We'll play again. But I, yeah, I, that bad play from me. Great play from James, and a really, really good game to start us off. This is. I always play good players round one. I just can't, can't for the life of me seem to get away from them. Um, and then the next day, I played Votam, um, piloted by Miles. I'm fairly happy that GSC just sort of play around Votan and end up with more points at the end. That's kind of what seems to happen every time I play them. They kill the shit out of me. I don't let them have as many points as they'd like to have. And then I win by about 15, 20 points. And that happened here. Um, I'm still waiting for a Votan player to demonstrate that it goes any other way. Um, And then the next game, I played Liam Dempsey, who is obviously big, big YouTube fame. This was really fun. Very, very fun game. Liam was... I'd had a couple of beers already by the time we played. And I had said to Hannah before I went out, I was like, I'm not drinking today because I want to make sure I'm nice and sharp. I've lost a game already. I want to make sure I'm nice and sharp for the rest of the weekend, make sure I go at it. And by the time I got to her for dinner, I'd had about two or three pints with Liam Dempsey and was sort of a little, a little bit back on my word. Um, but Liam was playing Chaos Demons as well. And he actually had the new Angron model. It's amazing. He was using that as Scar brand. Um, and it was quite a similar list with, you know, flamers, great demons and demonettes and various other different things. But he said to me at the start of the game, he's like, I don't know what your stuff does. And I'm just going to find out when you do it, <laughs> which when you're playing GSC is like, I mean, OK, <laughs> fine. But that, that's that's going to sting. And this this sort of 
I was just in a real advantage in terms of knowing how the matchup went, and Liam didn't know how the matchup went. I did have a few bits of awful luck. Like I've got a 3d6 charging acolyte squad who failed with a reroll, should have taken his home objective turn two, completely messed it up, um, which made it a little bit closer, but I was I was able to pull ahead. We had a lot of fun with it. Liam was a really, really nice opponent, and that was a very, very fun game. You came like second, right? Uh, no, that's Liam Calibert. Oh. I'm very glad I didn't play Liam Calibert. He's very good. Very, very good at demons. Very yeah, he did take second place, Liam Kelly. Ah, okay, good. Um, next day I had guard, and it was like a sort of themed artillery list: lots of field ordnance batteries, lots of mortars, lots of infantry, thirty Kazakin, um, so a couple of uh, basilisks, and Matthew was the opponent. He was a really nice guy, and he played half the game really well, in as much as he blocked up the front with sentinels. And then he used his no deep strike order and screened that all out really well. And that was look. I was looking at it like, oh, I'm just not going to get into him. But what he hadn't done was protected his Kazakhim well enough so that they weren't 12 behind the 12 aura. So I've got 24 inch guns. So when I drop in, I just pick up and kill all of his good shooting with my seismic cannons. And then there's a bunch of guardsmen in the front that hit me back, but they're not Kazakhim. So it doesn't matter that much. And then I run the guardsmen over and then that's that's the game. Um, so it was a good match, but I think I think yeah, just a little bit. Matthew just needed to, to tighten up, protecting his Kazakin for the later game, um, and I'm going to get an experience of that tomorrow. I reckon. I reckon I'm about to find out what happens when thirty Kazakin are used to perfection uh, tomorrow. So we'll see how that matchup goes when that's the case. I had Votan again round five. James, who is a really lovely player, and we literally just played the same game. He's got a couple of land fortresses left at the end, but not enough points, and that's that's the way that game goes. Um, danced around it picked up some bikes quite early on had quite a lot of fun screening out berserkers and he did have a bit of bad luck on his charges in places so i think think this would have been closer um otherwise but then my final game this is the spicy game so i played Raphael harbinson who i know to be a very good player because i've seen him around all sorts of events doing really really well um always tends to be on imperium type armies and he was on white scars and i think this was the best game of ninth edition i have had this in this current year that we're currently in, um, in as much as you've got white scars, super fast, punch you in the mouth, gene sealers pop up everywhere, shoot you in the face, completely different armies doing completely different things on tide of conviction where the first second dynamic is really profound. So he's going first, which means he knows if you let me do me, I will get a million points at the end because that's just what's going to happen. I'm just going to flood the objectives at the end, stop him getting the points at the end for the objectives. And there's a big end game swing, which means he has to play so proactively to stop that. And he just throws white scars into me all game, just chucking these big squads of van vets and terminators and all sorts. I've got all this stuff coming in. He's got Rebute Gilliman in the list, which is a fun bit of additional tech. And it, I was like, are you doing are you doing Abaddon? And he was like, yeah, I'm doing Abaddon. That's what it is. It's that, it's that have the big angry guy stomping around just to add a problem to the yeah. situation. And it works really well. He work, He does the exact same job. You can definitely use him as a sort of little stompy, stompy Abaddon in your list, just causing problems. He's not quite as good, but he's definitely, definitely good. Um, and I made a couple of mistakes. I gave the Kelomorph away round one. I was baiting him onto my home field because I was like, I'm going to not get primary for a couple of turns. I'm just going to have to kill him off and then get my primary later. But I gave him the Kelomorph as well as a squad when the Kelomorph should have just been in reserves and come in behind and just helped. Because later on, I drop him behind. I'm clearing off his backfield. I'm taking his back objectives as he's coming forwards. But between that, meaning I don't have as much 
killing power and me just not quite getting across quick enough at the end. I don't quite have enough to reach his third backfield objective. If I reach that, I win by a point. I don't reach it, I lose by two. And I need a, I think I need like a really long re-rolled advance uh, to make it and I don't make it. So super, super tight. Um, it is worth saying at one point, we were joking, he had, he had loads of like storm shields and stuff. And I was like, are you going to be one of these people who rolls four ups? And then my acolytes went into his terminators and just killed five of them. They just all failed their four up in runs. And he was just like, no, you know, I'm absolutely not, as it turns out. So I had a bit of luck. I think if that flank hadn't folded, he might actually have been in a stronger position because that did mean I just locked in his top left really early in the game. But it was just so good. And it was it just had all the things I think that can make ninth interesting. Very different armies, very different scoring patterns. A mission where one person has to go big early, the other one's going to catch up later. All, all of those things, that, if they all come together, can make the game really interesting. Um, and yeah, just came out on the wrong side of it, but had a, had an amazing game. And it turns out he's quite local to us. He's in Milton Keynes. So I will be playing, be playing Raphael again because that was a cracking game. So thank you very much, Raphael. Um, and then I finished up 14th which was a decent, decent placing and so close, so close a little bit higher. But yeah, good, a good showing. And enjoy oh, well done. You should be very proud of that, Tom. Yeah, no, I'm chuffed with that. Well, I'm oh, very how chuffed many players that. was it, Tom? 120, 130, yeah, I think. Really good. Yeah, so, yeah so, I mean, GSC scores super well. What I'm finding is you place really high in your win bracket because you do just score these high 90 results with GSC. So they're a, they're a dream for placing well at tournaments at the mm. moment. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't quite make it. We had some very fun conversations. I bumped into the other two of the other people that are really trying to do sort of top GSC at the moment, and we both we all sort of just sort of arrived at the same place, chatting to each other on day one somehow, and then all bumped into each other in the car park at the end as well. Just just out of coincidence, we're just chatting and seeing how each other was getting on. Um, and Nicholas did really well. I think he came sixth, running a similar list to me. And Andy, who was on melee GSC. Did a little, didn't do quite as well. It's tougher. It's just tougher. It's, it's yeah. much harder to play combat GSC. But he was also doing really well, and he beat Iron Hands twice. So well done, Andy. Keep smashing them in. Um, that's what we like to see. So yeah, really, really good. Um, GSC super strong right now. Feeling really strong. Probably too strong. Uh, but that's that's one for the future. Cool. Um, right. Next one. <laughs> Talking it out. I wanted to chat about this because I think this is quite interesting. Um, there was, there has been a controversy. We're not going to go into the controversy uh, in, in and around the issue of talking it out. Well, Tom, can I just say, I think, I think what's going to happen here is you're going to talk about that. Then I think Aaron's going to have a great point. I'm going to have a great point, and then we'll just call it there. Yeah, I think we call it there. Yeah, I think I think that's right. <laughs> but I think I I feel like my contribution is probably going to be the best contribution. Is that okay? Oh uh, well, I see. I can I can stop you doing that. So no. How how but how how do, I don't. Well, unless unless we actually do the conversation, I don't see how we're going to know that my contribution isn't the best. I know, but you've only got one minute left on your clock because I've been talking to you this entire time. Uh, that's true. You have used it up and we need to do listener questions. So I guess, fine, you can have it. I don't mind. It's over. Like, it's fine. Don't work, don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> for, the, for the uneducated... Um, talking it out is a phenomenon that is going to happen to you all the time at events in, in competitive 40k, right? There will come a moment in a game where either due to time constraints or due to just the predictability of the outcome, it's going to make sense sometimes to just work out verbally what happens through the last few turns of a game. Right? This happens all the time. Either you're getting demolished and you know 
you know, there's, you know, I'm I'm done here. I don't really want to play with my two characters and get shot off the board by a tank next turn, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Or you're in the ascendancy, and your opponent, you can tell your opponent's had enough, and you don't want to put them through that. Or you're running out of time, and you both have a very clear sense of how the game should go. Great example of this would be me and Chris at um, Twisted Warp, where Chris was very confident that the pattern resulted in me winning, but he was also watching that me trying to rush the end of the game was going to make me fuck it up and lose. And Chris was like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's one of these things where it can serve a purpose, right? But I think it's one of these things where people need to be very careful about what its purpose is, why people talk things out and have a clear sense of, I guess, almost their rights and their responsibilities in talking it out as well. Right. I guess. I guess you, if you guys want to come in on this from your own experiences playing the game, what what is the purpose of talking it out? When, why, when, and why would you talk it out, and when would you not? I think, from my point of view, it's the only time I do it is when I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Completely. No, but that, that's that's totally that's relevant. Exactly yeah. So, so exactly. I, if I'm getting absolutely rinsed, um, that means beat for our non-northern viewers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you know when you're getting really beat and there's no hope, and actually you're just like, I'd rather not be here. And we've probably all had that feeling at one point where it's just like, well, I'd just rather not be in this situation. Yeah, you can go look. Let's talk it out. What do you think would happen now? What I think would happen now, and you just go that way. Um, mm-hmm. However, you're not allowed to take that stance if you're winning. <laughs> like <laughs> your opponent can beat you. You're not allowed to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm winning by two. Should we just call it? That? Yeah, like, you just can't do that. Exactly that. So for me. The use of it is if you if you uh, you are conceding essentially. Yeah, it's is. to facilitate concession, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In a way that isn't costing anyone points, because remembering that every point you get in this matters for your overall score and placing in a tournament, right? And so, if you know the pattern of the game, then being able to work out what you actually both get is very useful because it means you're not just you know you're not just cutting thirty points off your score just for the sake of it right yeah because absolutely not fair against your opponent as well because if you just go no exactly oh, exactly that points i'm just going to walk away from the table now then your opponent's yeah. stuck on what 70 points and maybe they're exactly going to get 100 by the end of it like that's not fair yeah. either so exactly exactly that and again it's ninth edition it's very schematic you know exactly what someone is capable of scoring most of the time right it's, it's pretty obvious how an army with the resources it's got left is able to score on these missions it's not it's not particularly hard to work out but as you say it's it's something that should happen when one player sees they're defeated and wants to bring that process to an end quickly. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I I agree totally with that. Like the right way to use it is you're conceding. You're like, let's just rack up, figure out what the points would be. Um, But like you say, sometimes it comes about when you're about to run out of time. Yeah. as the rounds coming to an end mm-hmm. and that's when it i think it starts to get contentious because yeah. you could both be on a very similar pointing mm-hmm. and reasonably similar sort of uh, presence on the battlefield and it is impossible for you to accurately call out yes. what's going to happen and that's where it can be a bit funny it's like do you just stop where you are like yeah. do you go like oh but you're partway through your you've your opponents finished their round four and you're just about to start your round four. Mm. Like how would you call that out? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And like maybe it's you 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 talk through it, and if you agree, then maybe if there's some things that kill things, then maybe you roll those out and just yeah speed forward to that. But it it does tend to get a bit grey when you start to move in that direction. It does. It's not just I'm conceding. Let's figure out what your points would be. It absolutely does. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that, I think a lot of the time in that when that is the case, the fairer thing is to finish the battle round you are on, hmm. and then that's your lot. Right? Doesn't ever feel right leaving it with one turn played, the other one not. That's not that's not cool, right? Because that's then one person has literally just had more game than the other one. Yeah. Um, but finishing a battle round when you are literally out of time is a lot of the time. If there is any doubt about the outcome, and there is often doubt, you know, in a good close game, there is often doubt about the outcome without the whole game played. Um, that is going to be a fairer result. And I guess where the challenges with this reside are is that. Two things can happen. One, people can use talking out as a means of sort of overpowering the person they're talking to and sort of bamboozling them a bit, especially where you've got a gap in sort of our, you know, let's talk about you know, how, how verbose and articulate an opponent is. If one person's running rings around the other, it can be easy to sort of make that person feel a bit bamboozled or confused, put them in a bit of a corner. And as a result, two things can occur from that. One, players can talk themselves into wins. Two, players talk themselves into a bunch of points they weren't going to get as well. That's the other thing with this, right? Okay, talking out is not your way of conceding and then adding 30 points to your score that you were never going to get, right? If you're, It's very important when you're talking out as the guy conceding to be very honest about this, right? And so, so I mean, t- typically, I only ever talk out if I am literally about to be removed from the board because then it's nice and easy because I'm not getting any more points because I'm going to be dead. That is when I give up, generally. I don't, I don't tend to give up before that. Um, and so that's straightforward. But yeah, if you're talking out and then going, oh, yeah, and I'll obviously I'll score these two secondaries for the next two, three turns and, you know, pump pump my numbers up, etc. That's That's not really in the spirit of competition or in the spirit of the game or in the spirit of placing. Well, um, so yeah, it's I mean, interesting. One thing you did say there, which is really important, is the next few turns, right? You shouldn't really. Yeah. I, I mean, so there's two. There's two things. You, like you can talk out um, from turn like two onwards if you really want to, but I think that's more just to say what you think's going to happen, and then mm-hmm. to play it out with the intention of then seeing if that's how it pans out. Um, yeah. Because you can't really talk out a game from turn three. Unless you've been tabled, you know, like unless you've been completely battered, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it should be like a turn, start a turn five thing. Like that's when I personally feel like, okay, I need to start thinking about this. Or even turn four, if you again, if you've been tabled. But mm-hmm. it's um, it, yeah, I'd be asking questions if my opponent was like, should we talk it out in turn two? I'm like, ooh, yeah. But this is something that you do sometimes. You do sometimes yeah. see this, right? and I think there are two areas in which this happens amongst the very, very top players who play a very particular "I go, you go, tradey, tradey, sneaky, sneaky" game. Sometimes you literally can look at it. I think if it, they they tend to look at it with this assumption that overloading offense is going to go wrong and they're going to lose if they do it, I actually would argue that's not necessarily an accurate assumption of game state in a game with dice because sometimes you just throw everything at them they make mistakes and you win the game done it all the time and but i think if you're looking at it purely from a what if we just do the obvious sensible snippy snippy thing then oh on the passive scoring you win sometimes players do this and they, and they, if they don't think they've got any way of interrupting that pattern then they take it it's not how i would necessarily choose to do it but i think one, one of the important bits of context with this is obviously you know you're often at events where you can be playing 40k for like 15 hours 
that's a lot of time. It's a tiring thing. It's exhausting. And if if you if they, if you don't see a win there, you want to save energy, time, brain space for the games you can win. So I do understand that. But I think there's a lot, all the risks we talked about, very inherent within trying to do that. But I think as well, Tom, where you said like, oh, you can have uh, players trying to talk in and add extra points on that they might get, etc. And people that are uh, being very dominant in the conversation. I think also you've got the risk that you could talk yourself into a loss if you're not confident yes. in it as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, And that's what that letter yeah. was saying, right? The, the, the letter, if you go to the ITC Facebook group, mm-hmm. there's a letter on there. Won't say anything else about it. I think the fella who I think who who got done is is the nicest guy in the world, like one of the nicest mm. guys in 40k that I've ever played anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I think it's 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 a shame that 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 happened to them. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. get talked into losing, like and from from a dominant position, like that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. someone someone's yeah, yeah. rolled twenty on their charisma check. For those D and D, how persuasive yeah. do you need to be, right? Like, yeah. oh man, it, it feels so wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely one of those areas where I think, like a lot of the grey areas or the ethical waters in forty k, you need to go into it in good faith and with your opponent's interests at heart, right, rather than your own. And if if both players are doing that, it will be fine. It will yeah. be okay. But if, if you are not doing that, and if you are in a conversation with someone and you don't feel like they have your interests at heart, then you are not obliged to undertake the talking out process at all. Yeah. And that's where a TO, TO being involved is fine. End yeah, of battle round being your solution is fine. Yeah. And I think, and I think, I think that's, yeah, it's, care, it's one to be careful with. Davey, Davey probably knows more about this as well. So Davey used to play a lot of Magic and so did I. Mm. And there's a big push in magic so it's like just call a judge there's nothing wrong with calling a judge what you're doing is removing the like the decision and the argument from exactly, you exactly having that. an official come over and say it and then also if you don't agree with what the official has said you can ask to like to get the head judge to rule on it yeah yeah but like the point is you can totally remove the situation any feel bad any bad feelings towards your opponent or yourself but there still mm-hmm. seems to be a bit of a stigma against it it feels like when when there shouldn't yes yeah no not at all it's a super funny one like like by the way thank you for outing me as a magic player after i've outed myself as a D player on a (laughs) fortnight i'm officially the biggest nerd here right you big you Um, big dweeb i am a massive dweeb um but yeah i mean in magic it's 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 magic as well it's more obnoxious you will literally sit there in a group and someone will put their hand up in the air and go judge like it's it's almost like this this mark of pride to be able to call a judge um mm. and and that's accepted that's totally fine in fact yeah, in yeah, yeah. Can't, i actually think it's easier to go and get a judge because you just both you go can we just go and ask a judge do you want, do you want to come with me and go and ask a judge and we'll just yeah, make sure yeah, you're yeah. totally clear and then what will happen is you'll get to the judge a judge will say can i come into your table because they always want to talk at the table and rightfully so yeah. you'll both get there it'll be sorted and there's no hard feelings it's, you don't even know not at all not at all not not, I remember, like in some games, I've we've had judges come over four times, and it wasn't even um, like confrontational. It was just like, should we just check that? Should we just? No, it's conversational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that. that's cool. Is that all right? And he yeah. was the same with me, and we had a great game. But yeah, it's you know, complicated. It was... There's a lot of stuff to check. There's a lot of things to 
to, to, to sort of need need assistance with. Absolutely, yeah, it's not chess, is it? It's it's. No. <laughs> I was describing this. But I had I had dinner with my cousin on the Saturday, and he and he and his wife had actually come in to Beachhead and come and said hello. And I was like, basically, yeah, it's like if you're playing chess, but there are thirty colors. That's that, that that that's sort of like the 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 basic way of 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 starting. Like if there's thirty different colors and you're trying to allow for all of that at once, um, and then obviously twice as many pieces, and then yeah, it's it, it's nuts. There's a lot of stuff going on. And pieces come up can so, come yeah. on from the side of the board or come into the middle of the board without you knowing. <laughs> yeah, like five D chess. Five D chess. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's definitely an interesting one. It's not it's not one. Don't worry about talking out. There doesn't need to be a stigma around talking out. Talking out has has a place, has an important place for those who want to concede in a game, um, and that is specifically what it is for. I think. I think one one thing I would definitely say about talking out is both players before you even begin talking out should be very clear together where they think this game is going. That is that is yeah. that is already being agreed, right? You are, this is not a let's talk it out and see who wins. This is a you've got this. Let's figure it out. And if if both players are agreed on that, then it's fine because that's the that's the goal you're working towards. It's straightforward enough, right? And yeah, because yeah, if right? it's too close to call, then like you say, it should end at the end of that battle. It round. ends at the end of the battle round if you're out of yeah. time or you play to the end, and that's that's the way. And you, yeah, I think you can be on any side of this argument, and everyone wins, right? Because if you exactly. want to talk it out, then you can you can request that, and if you don't want to talk it out, you just say no. And yeah, exactly. What's that. your opponent going to do? And you're not you're, you're not rude. To, you are not rude for doing so. It's not yeah. rude to want to play on. Absolutely not. Man, imagine going Absolutely to the Las not. Vegas Open from a European country, and then the book <laughs> going. Should we just not play the last two turns? It's like, hang on, I've, I've paid about hundred pounds a turn to be here. <laughs> yeah. You are going to sit yeah, exactly. and enjoy this game exactly. with me. No, you're, you're <laughs> what, what exactly job. that. Exactly that. Right, we don't have we're we're sort of at, at time here. We're we're going to run just a couple of the listener mail questions out of the out of the Discord, just because I think it's nice to keep ticking away at those and make sure we get through them. Um, we've got the Tyranids one, which we'll come to in a moment. Got a nice easy one from Elmo Miniatures for both of you, which is: Would you rather ride into battle saddled atop a Screamer Killer Carnifex or two Fiends of Slanesh lashed together, and why? I'd have oh, to be on top like... of a screamer killer carnifex because it's just full full speed ahead metal. Yeah, it's just that's like that's a good way to go, isn't it? At the end of the day, I like one foot that... on each fiend with like like a lasso, just like some cowboy shit, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's that feels like that one. That one. That's not why you want to ride a fiend, <laughs> Davy. <laughs> um, then we got. We've got Paint Celestine. With the new Battle Brothers rules, who do you think are the winners from taking allies? Do you see any Imperial armies willing to break mono-faction bonuses to include Votan? Battle Brothers. I think GSC are probably the biggest winners there. Yeah, completely right. We were talking about it before the show. GSC are the big winners. And this is something I'm certainly going to be exploring now following on from some very interesting lists people were sharing in the discord earlier on so thank you to the people sharing that and discussing with me because it's a no-brainer like forward deploy is not something gsc have rattlings or sentinels give you that by plugging in a guard detachment artillery if you were being a real tosser is also something you could plug in from the from the guard codex right chuck some mortars in just to really exacerbate that that shooting problem so i think gsc definitely benefit 
but don't want to overdo it because your secondary game ultimately depends on you having a lot of GSC units. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's I think GSC can benefit from having I would say no more than like a hundred hundred and fifty points of guard, but you could have a lot of fun with a hundred or hundred and fifty points of guard. What's that? Um, two or three sentinels. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, very nice, very useful. And as I say, having seen how sentinels are being used to stop me do what I want to do, very nice to be able to prevent that and and allow for that, and also helps deal with things like drop pods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Does anyone else want Battle Brothers? Nice. Would that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can see some lists like custodes bringing in mm-hmm. the armagers, like mm-hmm. just to yep. get a bit of firepower. Maybe some chaos space marine lists bringing in some warhounds. Like you might get yeah. a bit of that. It's very efficient shooting. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, the, I don't think, I don't think it's all that it's cooked up to be because of the. Potential downsides to your actual uh, secondary game, etc. Completely, completely agree. That. Completely agree. Yeah, and I mean that that for Votan, for example. Like, yeah, I just i I don't see it. I don't really see what Imperium armies gain from having Votan in when the secondary game of all of the good Imperium factions right now depends very heavily on using their units to do certain things. So if you have the land fortress in there just killing all the stuff when you need to be killing it with other things, that's not very helpful. Um, yeah. Would be interesting to see it try. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's it. You lose a lot of what makes Votan good. So when I first saw those rules, I was livid. In fact, a couple of people, I know Lee Jones was also livid. We were like, what the hell have they done? This is a horrific, horrific mistake. But actually, they got it right because you could do it but it's not going to make you better. They got it right. The only thing I, would I don't be... think they got it right. I think they they got it wrong because it just doesn't work, but they still wanted to try and sell Votan models. <laughs> they tried to make it I work. Think I think, no, 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 because that, that competitive play, unfortunately, is an extremely binary thing. If it works, it's the only thing anyone does. That's the problem. So it's yeah. it has to not work for it. It has to be something you can do, but will be worse. Otherwise, don't do it at all. And that is exactly what they have done, I would say, with this, pretty much. But, but then why do it? For fun. Why not? But, but to sell money. What do you think, instead of like chucking in a land fortress, I could see potentially people playing around with the bikes mm. from Votan? I, I completely agree. I think from Votan, the two things you'd want is either the the bikes or the berserks, just for something really funny for combat, to just have your trade piece at the back there. And yeah, you can come on in and engage me, but I'm going to put a fight on death berserks into you and then that's the end of it um so yeah no i think it's a good it's an interesting question but yeah i, I think as the as the meta develops over the next couple of months we'll probably see some people sprinkling things in as i say gsc and guard that feels like that's going to be happening yeah. um and some of the others we'll have to see and we'll wait and see if abaddon ends up everywhere as well that's the other thing is abaddon going to be in all the all the world eaters lists when they come out because i think he can run with them um, that's kind of an interesting. It might be one. the only place you see him because yeah, well, you're not going to see him in, in the the They have. They're all demon players now. They love demons. They're a big demon fan. Um, we've got a quick one from Will Steal Your Jeans. Now that GSC are regularly hitting a sixty percent win rate, what sort of excessive nerfs will the faction see in Q2? No nerf for a sixty percent win rate faction is excessive. Steal your jeans. We will take the nerfs that we deserve. If your faction is too strong, it gets nerfed. That is deserved. Every faction I've played that is too strong that gets nerfed deserved it. 
and we will have to take our punches. It's a good time right now. Just enjoy it while it's good. Don't worry about it when it's bad. I don't know what you do to it. I think the 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 raw power is clearly in that four trait custom cult combination. So yeah. you definitely hit that. Probably, and this is me, this is not a popular thing to say, Gene Sealer Cult shouldn't be shooting like Space Marines. Industrial Affinity shouldn't exist. They shouldn't be able to ignore modifiers to hit with those guns. Very simple. I don't think Industrial Affinity should be in the book. It completely reconfigures their ceiling on damage and output, and it's very non-thematic as well. Right? They're miners. They are miners shooting mining weapons. They shouldn't be able to literally shoot planes with the accuracy of a Space Marine, right? So Industrial Affinity is the one I would hit. You either make it more expensive, so you can only take it and one other trait, or just take it like you've done with things like Hail of Doom. Um, and then the rest is all probably marginal. We, we haven't seen the same problem with other GSC builds. Um, and they do still get completely wrecked. The, the secondary scoring didn't need to get more generous. Ambush could be exactly as it yeah. used to be and be fine. That's the other area. Yeah, I think the slight nerf to the scoring, like what they've done obviously with some of the uh, Necron ones, yeah, so I think I think if you'd literally left their secondary game as was, they'd have been okay. And maybe you could argue that Brood Swarm's too generous. Maybe the point on top for all of all of the things was not needed. Um, but yeah, I think those are the those are probably the most egregious things. Because again, it's that same effect, right? I I don't like building GSC purely around industrial affinity. It's not terribly exciting to just be building a sort of shooting efficiency list. That's not my not my calling as such. Um, and it will probably be a book that benefits from having one or two of those toys taken away in the future just to see people try other things and do other things as well. But those are the two places I would start. Um, and we'll what do you see think after to that. making Brood Swarm unscorable on turn one? Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely still max it very happily. Yeah. But it um, does put a bit more of a risk to it because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Brood Swarm is a really interesting one because some factions have secondaries which are like compensations, right? And I think with GSC, no prisoners is almost always a 15 for your opponent. So Brood Swarm kind of is the counterweight to that and you, mm. kind of, you kind of have both. So I wouldn't want to see it dip below an achievable 15 because they will get no prisoners into you. Um, but yeah, maybe having it so you need it in the later turns would be more interesting. As it is, it's just remarkable. You can score remarkably passively, right? It's a very easy three yeah. for five turns without really being anywhere dangerous. Um, and that's not ideal. We don't want that. Um, although it is in the same category as, as things like Behind Enemy Lines, which does help. You, know, you know, I think GSC would score that for fun if they wanted <laughs> to anyway. Um, cool. Then we've got... Let's, let's do it. Um, do you think Tyranids are really that bad or are they still in an adjustment period? So speaking of uh, <laughs> people trying new things, right? Yeah. That's what this entire thing was, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everyone took nine man's nine man squads of Tyranid uh, Warriors and they put them in Leviathan. And then Leviathan got nerfed and then they put them in Kraken sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, or they put Raveners in Kraken. You know, it's, it was, um, you know, it was, it was good. And um, I think... The, the, the amount of times I've explained to people what a Gorgon does, right? It ought, like, uh, it really leans into Toxin Sacks, which auto-wound on sixes, now they auto-wound on fives. So I've got 45 attacks with rerolls uh, from the Swarm Lord, auto-wound on fives. And everyone wounds non-vehicles and Titanic on four-ups. And people are looking at me like, why hasn't anyone taken this before? 
And I'm like, because the other stuff was really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so good. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't think it's that bad. I think it is... It's a shame that we, you know, we, we were really good and they've made, like, you know, I mean, Raveners and Warriors and I mean, it's a shame to see Zone Throps go so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's, don't get me wrong, there's things I would definitely change, but, you know, they've still got play. If you... Again, watch my show on Mondays at X o'clock um, to find out what list are doing very well. But they're still going yeah, forward one. They're still going. There's a guy with four and two. Like, mm. and and we're seeing this every week. Um, mm. I guess. Hey, why don't you think that uh, people are taking warriors anymore? Because the for for one, you have to do like massive cerebral maths to figure out what's on them and then how much it costs for each option. Uh, <laughs> You know, like for the for the fully souped up squad now, it's like 120 points or something, which is what you could buy three venom throws for. So there's, they're just too expensive to have the death spitter and double bone swords. Um, so for example, you just well, you just find different uses for them. So for example, in my list at the moment, uh, uh, the venom cannon's got a really long range, like 36 inch range or something. So you put your you know use your turning warriors as a backfield objective holder but then shoot things and use a CP to shard lure to get better charges mm. because the Tyranny Warriors can do that because they're a synapse creature with a, with a, with a range mm. weapon. Um, so you do find people taking them, and I've seen other people take other variations of equipment. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing with them. Like, So if you just take the bog-standard 90-point unit that has um, devourers, five-shot devourers, so five times strength three no AP weapons, like it really is a massive 15 shots of doing not a great deal like it's mm. Mm. even in gorgon when you're also wounded on fours like you're still no ap you, you're shooting into a lot of marines in cover or you know things that have two up armors you're just sad face the entire time um does some and as well, the, other big thing, the other big thing sorry with tyranny warriors is they just die now you've got to remember yeah. the points that these things are that you know they're you know thirty five points if you want to give them a death spitter, and um, they have a four up armor set. Like yeah, these guys are dying, especially in a marine. Mm. Everyone you know you go to events, you don't see as many marines as we thought we'd see, and that's because everyone's bringing tools to kill marines. What kills marines? Mm. Two AP, three AP, four AP. Mm. It just murders warriors. So mm. that's I think why. You'll, the only thing you'll see is, except for this chap who I think I've got either performed well at the weekend or is performing well at the next weekend, he's taken two times nine. Um, mm. But again, with rending, with rending claws, so it's it's plus one strength, minus three AP, uh, which is not bad, but you don't get the extra attack, I don't think, so the three attacks each. It's a lot of points to invest in a squad. Because mm. I was just thinking, like, like... It sort of sounds like you're saying, like in your uh, game against the knights, like some Tyranid warriors of bone swords probably would have helped solve that problem for you. Yeah, so I can't think how much they are. I don't know. I feel like they're like either mm. ten points for two of them or five. I can't remember, but it's mm. um, it's a lot of points to invest in a unit that. Yeah. yeah. If if a guard player with a mortar aims at them, he's wounded on fours, and I'm saving on fours. Mm. Um, and you know it's it's like it's just super sad face, um, but I, I do get what you're saying. I think there's just there's there's other ways to skin that cat, and you just need to figure them mm. out. Um, yep. So yeah, 
it's a, it's tricky. I mean, even the Gaunts, right? So I had one squad of Gaunts in that night matchup, killed two armages. Because yeah. you've still got strats that can help you do this, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you can if you got that fifteen squad of Hormigants that auto wound on fives and sixes, they do twenty five auto wounds on average, and then you overrun them behind a piece of terrain after they've killed it. Mm. Next turn, you charge out and kill another one. Like it's yeah. taking a home objective, get three points from behind enemy lines, and actually that unit is one hundred and thirty five points. One hundred and thirty five points has done all that work for you. So I get like there are ways around it. Um, I mean, people are taking Shard Gullet. Mm. Every list I looked at this week had Shard Gullet, which is strength 12, minus 5, 5 damage, 3 shots from a Hive Tyrant hitting on 2s. You know, like, we've got ways to kill stuff. It's just I wasn't clever enough to take mm. any. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the reason I was asking about the Warriors and that is I see quite similarly, I suppose, with the, um, the Crisis Suits, where they keep putting them up and putting them up. And what are they now? 45 points with no weapons. Yeah. But still too cheap. It's, it's it's still it's still like worth fitting them in because they they feel that certain role. Obviously, they're more manoeuvrable and they've got a slightly better save. But um, yeah. and you got your shield drones and all that. Yeah, but that's more points. Yeah, yeah, no, it mm. is, it is, it is. But I'd do out for the four pinball on my boys. Yes, for one turn. Yeah, well, I've got the five. Of you can have it for one. Turn. That's it. You've got the invon for one turn. Yeah, I can pay two hundred and ten yeah. points for that. I just. They're just, I think they're playing into a meta where so many different armies get to decide when and how they shoot them or hit them, mm-hmm. and nids are not durable. They are not durable. And the, the only lists that are don't have enough mission play to compensate and get played around. Those are your two choices. You can be very techy and clever and you can get shot to bits, or you can be very durable and not have enough mission play to score high enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those are the two builds, right? Yeah, and it's not that you don't have play. They're quite like Drakari. In many ways, Drakari were, were in a similar spot off the back of their nurse, where it's like they're very good at the things they're good at, but they now cost a lot. You don't have as much stuff as you did, and ultimately you are fragile. You're a glass cannon army in lots of different ways. The psych- I think the loss of the psychic capabilities from playing into them in restarts, that seems to be the huge miss for me. Mm. Things like zone, zone throats being gone, the fact that you're no longer like this psychic battery that can just put stuff out, that was a phase in which they were really powerful a tool that they had that other armies didn't have and now they don't have it or a lot of the list don't look to have it or exploit it in the same way because it's just too expensive to run it um so that they, yeah do you think it would have been better them instead of because wasn't it a ridiculous points increase on the yeah it's huge break? huge loaded ludicrous points, points increase on a, on, a, on, a, that, on a bug on a bug unit that does six wounds of a specific kind and then doesn't do anything for the rest of the turn that's all it does that's its one function, you know. It, and anyone who played against Zone Throats, you know, with an eye for these things, can see that's that's really cool. And they should be in the game. They have a very specific role, role um, and they've just been punished absolutely brutally. Yeah, know, that's totally true, man. Like, yeah. So yeah, to, to Tom's point just earlier, there's two archetypes. There's there's the as you, the Eldari esque kind of yeah. like, and that's what I equate what that's I'm saying. That's what you are. You're Bug Eldar now, right? Bug yeah. Eldar, just trying to <laughs> yeah. like sneak out points here and there, and and just mm. be a bit cute about things. Um, which is a good learning curve, by the way. I'm learning a lot about. Oh, it's it's awesome, awesome, awesome! If you can pull it off, you're going to have to play well to win the games, and that's really cool. But that's a good place to be in some way. Which which is doing well, and I think is a trap, right? Is the big bugs, right? So essentially, you're playing Tyranid Knights. So you've got yeah. loads of card effects with heavy Venom Cannons, and you've got some of the bits, other monsters that kind of do stuff. Um, think of it as Bug Knights. What they do is they stat check your opponent, and they can either win or lose at the start of the game. It's 
I don't necessarily find it that fun to play because either mm. I'm like, I can deal with this or I can't deal with this. There you go. That's the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skew, which I, I talk about on my list thing today, if you want to go and watch that video. The problem with Skew is, if they can answer that question, you don't have a second question. Good night. Mm. In the bin you go. That's the issue with it. And you're a lot of Skew players are like, I'll get my couple wins, and then I'll lose to anyone with a plan for me. And that's not fun. That's not go, that's not got a good ceiling. You'll likely go 3-2 with that, or you'll go 4-1. Yeah. And, and awesome. Like, love to see it, right? But... There's, there's going to be a one player who you come up against who is actually the, the, the top player who just goes, ah, yeah, I can just work around this. Yeah, yeah. And and unfortunately, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel. I think I'd rather be good with a like niche cutie list than good with a Carnifex list. That's my boy. Personally. That's my boy. That's what we like to hear. That's the good stuff. But that's absolutely right. And I think at the moment it's going to be hard to tell because actually two things have happened. Nids have been nerfed, but also a bunch of stuff has been buffed. Mm. And so it's it's the double whammy of that. There's a bit of equalizing. In a couple of months when they've hopefully nudged a few of the other more egregious things, maybe Nids will be in a slightly better spot. But it's it's going to hurt in the short term. Um, oh, it's we're absolutely... We're still doing all right. Doing absolutely, all right. absolutely still doing fine. But it's, it's not... It's, it's not you know, it's it's definitely an uphill battle in lots of different ways, and there's lots of good things about that. And for Nids players who've had, you know, the whole experience this edition, you know, of all different stages of the wheel, I'm still need to finish this series I'm writing on this for Goonhammer. There are lots of good things about being in that position because, as, as you say, David, you have to play well, you have to squeeze every drop out of it, you have to go back and look at your book and look at your rules and find your tech. And luckily, the Nids book is this beautiful, monstrous thing with all sorts of different options and things going on in it. Um, but it's it's going up against a lot of just horrible raw output right now that just finds an angle and just starts blasting, and that's that's tough. That's tough for bugs. It is. I would have loved to have the imperatives back. The, not the imperatives. Oh. The start of the game changed my secondary ability. adaptive strategy or something. Is it adaptive? adaptive, imperative, oh, adaptive. Adap- I can't remember something like I that. I don't know what it is either. Actually, now but it would be nice to have that back. You, I agree. You choose a different ability to have, and none of them yeah. are absolutely game breaking. So no, no, no. it was it was just quite a fun thing. Like if you go against Tower Custodians, you could ignore the modifiers, so you could actually get a charge off. Um, you know, things like that was quite nice and it really showed yeah. your you know, really give you flex for each game to be slightly different. Um but yeah, celebrate. Hopefully hopefully we'll get some love moving forward, but we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, well it won't be too long till the next set of, of changes and we'll see. And Tom, what do um, you think? Adaptation. Do you, th- do you think they're dead? Um, it it depends. You have to. You have to. It depends how you want to word this, right? Are they going to win events? Nah, they're not going to win big events. They might win some little ones. They're not going to win big events. There's just so much raw power in some other armies right now, um, and they are struggling. Um, but it's a good book again. Like I've put Jakari in the exact same boat. I don't see Jakari winning events. Jakari aren't going to win events right now. But they had a really powerful book that has been nibbled on. So there is lots of raw tools there and lots of raw power. And at the end of the day, if you play that well, there are things in there that can completely blindside someone. And Nids are no different. They've definitely got tools for doing that. Um, it's, it's just that, that that only gets you so far. Um, but if you're, if you're looking at it from the, the world of everybody else who isn't just concerned about winning events which i say I'm, I'm very much in that camp myself i am not concerned about winning events that's a sort of that would be a nice byproduct then yeah they're great they're fine you can still win games you can still have a good time and, and i think it'll be absolutely fine in that sense um but they just they do have some rough matchups they definitely do um which is 
and it's it's to put the finesse game that you have to play with them now is much more precarious and as you say it's elder which is mm. good and bad <laughs> nice cool cool great right that'll do that will that will do it thank that you very much aaron thank you very much davey that was a lot of fun uh, thank you to all of you for listening um please do keep checking in and do check